Hey, welcome back to At The Table. It's week five, so welcome home. I'm glad you've joined me at the table. And if you're wondering where we've been shooting all of these, we're at my good friend Rusty and Dana Thigpen's home. It's just beautiful and it's perfect for this series. We've talked about what it's like to have turned water into wine at the table at a festival for a wedding. We've talked about a meal with Zacchaeus at the table. We've talked about what it was like for Jesus to have breakfast and a meal with his disciples around the shoreline. We have talked about what it's like when somebody comes into the meal and honors Jesus. And today, we're gonna to talk about possibly the greatest meal of all time, but it's told in a parable. Now, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, you're not familiar with what a parable is, a parable is when Jesus tells a story that teaches something deeply. I, I heard it as a kid, remembering that Jesus tells an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. In other words, this parable is getting at a point. You've heard me say, if you've been around Sugar Hill Church very long, that everything that matters is a matter of the heart. And every single parable that Jesus teaches is a matter of the heart. And he's using the parable to get right at the heart of the story. So let me give you a little history about what's going on here. We're in Luke chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 12, where Jesus is speaking. Now, what's happened is Jesus has been invited to a meal with some very important religious people. I would imagine these folks were like mega church pastors. They were very, very important. And they invited Jesus, but not to celebrate Jesus. They invited Jesus to catch Jesus in doing something that was not religiously correct. You know the type, don't you? The type that always looks down their nose at you, that always says there's a rule to follow everybody that points out what's wrong with you and how religion and the church can fix you. But Jesus, being the son of God, knows what's going on. He knows the lay of the land. Look with me in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. Then he turned to his host, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Listen to this. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. All right, now don't get lost in that piece of the story, but it is powerful. Jesus is setting up the parable that's about to be told. In verse 15, there's a fellow that is at the table and he does something that is really common. All the way back hundreds of years ago, we read about it in the book of Isaiah. So this guy takes a glass and he offers a toast. I did a wedding the other night and uh, at the little reception afterwards, you know, the, the father of the bride does his toast and bless his heart, he cried through it all. I love this guy, he's such a good guy. And I thought to myself, you know, that's, that's what you do. But this was a formulaic toast. Listen to what happens in verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, 
I've just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys, into the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sound familiar? Stick with it, it's about to happen again. After the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Yikes. Can you see what's happening here? Now, let me go back to that formulaic toast. So all the way back in Isaiah, and I believe it's in chapter 25, we find that it was commonplace at a banquet like this that somebody would take their glass and they would offer the same toast that this guy did. How great it will be when we get to eat the banquet in the kingdom of God. Now, there's a response that's about to happen. Before I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me go back to two things that I wanna make sure that you grasp in this teaching, because this is a really big deal. It's, it's possible inside of all of this, it's possible that you've missed what's going on here. There's a warning and then there's a promise, all right? A warning and a promise. Keep that in mind. If you're taking notes, jot that down. What's the warning? What's the promise? But I wanna give you this, this statement because it'll put it all in context. It's possible. Now, maybe Jesus is talking to you here. It's possible to be surrounded by and wrapped up in the things of God all your life and in the end, find that you've missed it. Mm. That's one of those statements that I think you have to stop and ask yourself, well, what am I all wrapped up in? Is it possible that like the religiously important church people that Jesus came to the table with, is it possible that we're wrapped up in our religion? Is it possible we're wrapped up in our orthodoxy? Is it possible we're wrapped up in our denomination? Is it possible we're even wrapped up in our church? If I could draw the equation, I would make it look like this, Jesus, and then I'd have that greater sign, anything else. So maybe in your life, you're wrapped up, wrapped up in, in your religion and how rules are followed. And you know, rules aren't bad, rules are necessary. I understand that. But if you're banking on rules more than Jesus, then here's the equation for you. Jesus is greater than your religious rules. If you're wrapped up in your denomination, Jesus is greater than your denomination. If you're wrapped up in your church, Jesus is greater than your church. Jesus is greater than and then you just put anything behind that and you'll find it to be true. The encouragement that's here follows the warning. What's the warning? The warning is you might be wrapped up in all kind of religion and you might be missing Jesus. It's pretty easy to do. I mean, we, we can start putting anything ahead of him. I know people that put the Bible ahead of Jesus, that they worship the Bible more than they do the God of the Bible. I know folks that worship their church more or their music more. But the fact of the matter is, the warning is folks, if you've gotten anything in the place of where Jesus should and deserves to be, then this warning is for you. You might get all the way through all your religion and find out that you've missed the most important thing. And that is this 
wonderfully personal relationship with Jesus the Lord. Now, if that's the warning, don't miss the promise and the encouragement. In verse 17, Jesus still invites you to the table. Jesus still says, come on to my table, be my family, sit with me. You don't have to sit at the kids' table anymore. You can sit at the grown-up table with me. And the banquet that will take place in heaven is there for you. There's a seat waiting for you. All you have to do is receive and answer affirmatively to the invitation. Now, it, it may seem like it's no big deal, this toast, right? Uh, wouldn't it be good when we all eat in the kingdom of God? But the problem with this is that it was a two-part formula. The first was, won't it be great when we can eat in the kingdom of God? But the second part, and this was the part that when this guy does the toast, he expects Jesus to reply with, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus doesn't answer with that. Jesus comes back and says, let me tell you a story. <laughs> this is the parable and how Jesus teaches. Because he wanted to get it where all of us could understand it. He wants to take the parable and go straight to our heart. So instead of responding that way, he says, let me tell you a story. So the story breaks down into three scenes. Uh, my friend Ethan Hyma is sitting to my right helping film this. His dad is big into the Sugar Hill play group. And, and that, that group, they always put on great plays down in the city of Sugar Hill. I mean, that guild is a very special group of people. And Alan is a gifted dude. But this has three scenes. He'd be proud of me for having three scenes in this play that Jesus is about to lay out for us. So the first scene, Ethan, I'm, you're going to like this. The first scene is called, You Are Cordially Invited to a dinner party. I mean, that sounds like mystery and intrigue all ready to go. First scene, you are invited. <laughs> well, now in the Near Eastern world, this is how these invitations took place. So a master would send a servant and the servant would go into town and they would go to the places of business and the homes of the people that were invited to the banquet. And then that servant would come back to the master and say, here's so-and-so, and here's how many people that are going to be here. And then the master would take all of that and tell their servants, this is how much food to prepare. Now, you might think, well, that's no big deal. We do that all the time. But whether it was for 20 people or 200 people, remember, no refrigeration, no Publix, no Kroger, no Costco, no Whole Foods, right? No restaurant to cook it for you. So you had to know how much meat will I prepare? How much fruit will I harvest? What do I need to prepare for bread? And so everything was a bigger deal. Now watch how big a deal it was. So let's just assume that you go into town and you are the servant and you're inviting everybody for your master to come to the banquet. You get their name, you get, the, you know, you get their, their, their home, you know who's coming, you know how many people are coming, and then you go back and you report to your master. Now, in that part of the world and in that time of life, if you said yes, you were legally bound to show up. <laughs> Can you imagine getting an RSVP to one of those weddings that you think, eh, I don't know whether I really want to go to that one or not, but you RSVP trying to be nice and you think to yourself, I'm going to leave my options open. And then you get tickets to go to a ball game. It's like done with the wedding, right? Well, if you do that, in that time, you might have legal proceedings against you. I mean, when you said you're going, you're going. Right? So the master in Jesus' parable, 
goes out and says, you are cordially invited. And then what we read is the second part of the show. All right, here's the second scene. Ethan, are you ready for the second scene? The second scene is titled this, but something has come up. <laughs> Uh-oh, something has come up. In verse 18, here's what we read. But they all began making excuses. What, what I'd like you to see is that each of these excuses, while we might think, okay, they sound legit, there's no possible way that they were legitimate in that season and at that time. Impossible. You see, the first excuse come in verse 18. Second excuse, verse 19. Third excuse in verse 20. I want you to see the framework of the society where none of these things that Jesus is speaking of could actually occur. None of them. None of them could literally happen. The story isn't really about excuses. The story is about our desires, our longings, and what it is that we put greater than Jesus. Remember the formula? Jesus is greater than blank. Well, here is the problem. They had turned everything around. Inspecting my new purchases is greater than Jesus. Well, you know, checking on what, what my fields are looking like, that's greater than Jesus. Caring for my business is greater than Jesus. Going on vacation with my family is greater than Jesus. The stuff I buy is greater than Jesus. All of the excuses are literally about how the ways we use to say no to Jesus, to put something in his place as the most important thing in our life. Please don't hear me say you shouldn't have a party, or you shouldn't go on vacation, or you shouldn't buy cool stuff. That's not the point. It's a matter of the heart. Remember, everything that Scripture teaches, every word that Jesus teaches, is that everything that matters is a matter of the heart. And this banquet that he's telling the story about, the people's excuses, it's a matter of their heart. Now comes the third part of the play. And now the scene turns, and scene three needs to be entitled. Ethan, you ready? The show must go on. Isn't that what? The show must go on. So look what happens. In verse 13, and then in verse 21, you see, this is what the master now says. Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Why is that important? Because those folks would have never been invited to the party. They would have never been invited to the banquet table. And the master says, go find somebody that will say yes. Guess what they all said? Yes, I can't believe that I'm getting this invitation. I can't believe I get to go. I can't believe that I would be that person. I'm not worthy. And all of a sudden we see the contrast between these two groups of people. The first group invited, they thought to themselves, well, you know, I'm independent. Well, you know, I'm, I'm successful. Well, you know, I'm worthy. Well, you know what? I, I don't really need that. I, I can do this on my own. And they came up with an excuse that said, there's something that's come up that's more important, but the show goes on. You see, the master in the parable is God the Father. And the servant bringing the invitation is Jesus, his son. And me and you, we are the people that receive the invitation. The question is, are we going to be the first group 
Well, you know, I've really got something more to do. Well, you know, when I really get my act together, you know, then I'll go. Well, you know, church really isn't for me. Well, you know, I'm not really into that God stuff. Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I make a lot of money. I've got a great car. I've got a boat. I, what more could you ask for? I just don't think I have time for that invitation. Uh, folks often will ask me, they'll say, well, how is it that it's so much easier to share Jesus with people that are poor and desperate and ill and ailing? Just look at this story. They, they received the invitation and couldn't believe somebody would love them. They received the invitation and couldn't believe somebody had a chair for them at the banquet. I want to take you back to that warning, though. I don't want you to forget there is a warning and there's an encouragement. The, the warning sounded like this. You can spend your entire life wrapped up in the things of God and at the end of the day find yourself outside because you've got to ask yourself right now as we take this break, what have you done with God's invitation for you to join him at the table for his great banquet? That's probably a good time for us to sing, Zach. I'll be back to finish up our story in just a moment. The Lord is beckoning us to run to him. The invitation is there. I want to invite you to listen to this, this new chorus. So run to the Father, fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again I run to the Father, fall into grace I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again I run to the Father, fall into grace I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again and again and again Fall into grace I'm done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father Again and again I run to the Father Fall into grace I'm done with the hiding no reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father Again and again and again and again
Hey, welcome back. Thanks, Zach. What a beautiful song. And um, I, I want to pick up where I just left off. What are you going to do with the invitation? Now, I, let me rewind the tape for just a minute. Remember, in Jesus' story, what happened is he was invited to the table for a meal. At the meal, a toast is offered, and Jesus is supposed to reply with the formulaic response that everybody did. But he says, no, rather than that, let me tell you a story. And the story is the invitation goes out from a master. All the wealthy, important people said, nah, I got better things to do. So he sends a servant, goes get the people specifically. Go get folks that are broken. Go get folks that are lonely. Go get folks that are crippled. Go get folks that are blind. Go get folks that are lame. Go get folks that are marginalized in society that nobody else cares for. And you know what happens? They all say, I'm in. So the question I left you with is not only what are you going to do with the invitation, but is it possible that in the equation, Jesus is greater than, you flipped it, where something in your life is greater to you than Jesus. My job, my 401k, uh, my, the, the, the accumulation of my stuff, whatever it is. And I, please don't hear me say that you shouldn't enjoy all those things. They just shouldn't take Jesus's place at the top of the list. Because anything we put above Jesus, if we put anything on the throne of our heart other than him, I can promise you life will eventually circle back around and you will be wondering, did I miss the whole point? Friend, don't wait until you're old and ancient to figure this out. You might be in your 20s or 30s or 40s right now. You might be in your teens and you would say, well, think about all the, the things in life that I could enjoy if I would just say yes now to the invitation. The invitation is still there for you. The invitation to God's banquet to have life in abundance here on this earth life with peace in Christ so that we have our relationship with God sealed and our seat waiting in heaven. All of that's available to you right now. The invitation still stands for all of you. And I know, listen, I know some of you are sitting there right now and you're saying, Chuck, if you knew the real me, nobody would invite me to God's party. He certainly want, wouldn't want me at his table. I don't think I would have wanted Jesus sitting at the table I was at a week ago. But friend, he was already there. Whether you invited him or not, he was already there. His invitation stands today, no matter where you've been or what you're doing, it stands for you. But there's only one way to come. You've got to accept the invitation. Listen, the master in the story didn't send an army of people out and beat them over the head and drag them in. He said, if you want this, it's yours. Come on. How great will it be? My favorite meal at the table of all time is breakfast. Christmas morning breakfast. There's nothing like it. It's still like it at my house. I mean, seriously, we're talking about white pepper gravy, homemade biscuits. I'm talking about the kind of sausage that makes your mouth go, mmm. The kind of bacon that grease is sapping off of. And I'm talking about cheddar cheese mixed up in those scrambled eggs, grits that have cheese in them. I mean, nothing at that table is healthy. Nothing. But it's so good. You know what my favorite words are on Christmas? Not Merry Christmas, not all that stuff. You know what my favorite words are? Come and get it. It's ready. Everybody makes a big deal. At our house, still to this day, when we have Christmas breakfast, we have those poppers. You know what poppers are? Like you hold them and you pull the thing out and confetti and stuff blows out. And inside of these little goodies that are worth nothing, 
All of us do that. Sitting with all that food, we each have a popper. We talk about what we're grateful for. We thank God for the food. We thank God for the season. We thank him for the, his coming to this world for us. And then we celebrate and we pull that popper and then we just eat like pigs and then we just sleep. It's just great. Listen to me. As much as I love those words, come on and get it. Here's what I know. It's not going to be there later. I have no guarantee that I'll make it till Christmas. I have no guarantee that all my family will be there this Christmas. That's why the invitation to come and get all that God wants for you right now still stands. God says to you through his son, Jesus, come to the table. You can have this space. You can have that space. You can sit right next to me if you want to. Because you can have all of me you want. Friend, the story is about us. I want to remind you this one more time. God the Father is the master in the parable. He sent Jesus, his son, to invite us to his great banquet, to sit in heaven with him, to receive the peace that only we can have now in this world through Christ. That our relationship with God could become like this. We could become not just part of God's family, but God's friend. And all we have to do is say yes to the invitation. Don't find yourself having wrapped yourself up in religion or orthodoxy or in the belief that you can do it all on your own. And then one day realize, wait a minute, I gave up my seat. I, I said, no, thank you. Because the invitation today, right now, there will be people right now that will say, Chuck, I, I want my seat at the table. Then here's what I know you can do. You can secure your future with a seat at the table through Jesus, our Lord. And it's as simple as this. You can call on his name. Just let your, just let your prayer be this. Jesus, I'm calling on your name. I want a seat at the table. I want to secure my future in you. I want you to take all my sins and wipe them away. I want to live for you. I'm so grateful you died for me. And you rose from the dead for me. And you came, you knocked on my door, and you gave me an invitation to sit at the table with you. Friend, if that's your prayer, let us know right now. You can leave us a note. You can click and raise your hand. But whatever you do, don't miss the invitation to the table. My friend, that's what it's all about. So my prayer for you today is that you will invite others to the table with you. You'll say, come on. And you're not going to get caught up in church rules. You're not going to get caught up in religion. You're not going to get caught up in super preachers or great music. You will get caught up in one massive wave all the way to the table. And his name is Jesus your Savior, your Lord, your King. Let me pray for you. God, thank you that there's room at the table for every human to just say yes. God, don't let us be in that first group. Let us be counted broken and hurting and lonely and crippled and blind and disabled without you. But with you, we could do all things. So God, for every person that made that their prayer today, give them the courage to let us know so we can help them in their new walk in their new secured future. Bless them richly. For folks here today who've been Christians forever, Lord, would you step into their life and remember that nothing is greater than you. 
and let them get you in the right priority of their life this day as they come to your banquet table and sit at your table. Lord, we trust you with this and believe you in all of this. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we all pray. And everybody said, amen. So as you leave today from this broadcast, let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Listen to me. That's what he does. Let him go within you, not just ahead of you. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. Always. And you're always invited. Accept it now. And when days are difficult, like I know coming toward the end of some of this pandemic is just rough. Hop on his back. Let him carry you through the middle of your problem only to set you down victoriously and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap you up with his loving arms so that you can hear your Savior say to you face to face, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friend. Go in peace. Well, today has been incredible. It's such a gift to be able to gather with you and it's been fun to be able to interact with you through the comments and just sharing these on social media. I do wanna encourage you, we believe everybody has a next step. For some of you, you gave your life to Christ today. I wanna encourage you to take a next step, drop an email to prayer at sugarhillchurch.com and let us know that you did that. Many of you know Christ, but there's something that he's been prompting you to do, something that he's asked you to do. Maybe it is to get baptized soon. Maybe it is to reach out to somebody that you've gone silent on. Maybe it's some other thing. I wanna encourage you today to take what God has done in your heart and don't just sit on that, but to process it and take that next step. As always, stay connected with us throughout the week through social media. We'll post updates and encouragement. We'd love for you to stay involved and lean in during the season. But whatever you have going on the rest of your day, our hope is that truly you would be blessed and that you, as always, and as Pastor Chuck would say, would go in peace. Hi, my name is Lexi Adams. I'm graduating from Buford High School and I'll be attending Kennesaw State University in the fall. I'm Morgan Adams and I'll be graduating from Buford High School. I'm attending University of North Georgia in the fall and I'll be majoring in early childhood education. My name is Kayla Armstrong. I'm graduating from Loganville Christian Academy. And in the fall, I'm planning to spend a year at the Word of Life Bible Institute. Hi, I'm Jackson Bailey. I just graduated from Liberty Online Academy while here in Kenya. Starting in the fall, I'll be taking a gap year uh, to continue working on ministry here in Kenya and also hear from God um, for what He wants me to do here in Kenya ministry-wise and also for what He wants me to take and pursue in college. Hi, I'm Hannah Bobo. I'm graduating from Buford High School and I'll be attending the University of North Georgia next year. Hi, my name is Sharif Ali Bruton. I'm graduating from Mountain Education Charter High School and in the fall I plan to take the ASVAB test and explore my options for the military. My name is Patricia Brown. I'm graduating from Maranatha Christian Academy and I'm still deciding what I'm going to do in the fall. My name is Colette Bryan. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I will be attending Georgia Southern University in the fall, majoring in nursing. My name's Tunan Bryant. I am graduating from Lanier High School and in the fall, I am planning to go into carpentry school and pick up that trade. Hi, my name is Lizzie Campbell. I'll be graduating from Lanier High School. I'll be attending the University of North Georgia and playing basketball and I'll be studying physical therapy. 
Hi, I'm Adair Cartwright and I'm graduating from North Burnett High School and I'm going to Kennesaw State University this fall. Hello, Church. I'm Jason Clever. I'm graduating from North Burnett High School and in the fall, I plan to attend the University of Mississippi. Hi, my name is Chase Corsi. I'll be graduating from Lanier High School and in the fall, I plan to attend East Georgia State College to continue my baseball career. Hi, my name is Wright Dees. I'm graduating from North Carolina High School and I plan on attending Georgia Southern in the fall. I'm Adam Walden Fox. I'm graduating from Buford High School and I'll be studying political science at Berry College in the fall. Hello, my name is Will Houston and I'm graduating from Buford High School and my plans for the fall are going to Florida Gulf Coast University where I'm gonna be double majoring in theater and marketing. My name is Luke Harden. I attend Greater Atlanta Christian and I'll be attending Ole Miss in the fall. Hi, my name is Sophie Hooks. This year I'll be graduating from Lanier High School and I plan to attend the University of Georgia in the fall to study biology or engineering. Hi, I'm Avery Hutchinson and I'm graduating from North Burnett High School and I will be attending Georgia Southern University in the fall. Hello, my name is Colby Embriali and I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I'll be attending the University of North Georgia in the fall and I'll be going for a degree in secondary education with a concentration in chemistry. Hey, this is Zach Jenkins, and I'm a senior at Buford High School, and in the fall, I plan on attending UNG and going to the police academy to become a police officer. My name is JJ Jesse, and I'm graduating from Lanier High School, and in the fall, I plan to attend Kansas State University to major in nursing. Hi, my name is Melody Lorenz and I'm graduating from North Gwinnett High School. I'll be attending Reinhardt University in the fall for a major in choral education and a minor in Spanish education. My name is Cam Lyle. I go to Lanier High School and in the fall I plan to be a fireman. I'm Connor Meeker. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I plan on attending Kennesaw State University and majoring in civil engineering. Hello, I am Daniel Miller. I will be graduating from Ardios Academies of Gwinnett and plan to attend University of North Carolina School of the Arts in the fall. Hi, my name is Craig Mitchell. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I'm attending the University of Alabama in the fall and majoring in finance. Hi, I'm Karen Moore. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I plan on attending the University of North Georgia in the fall. Lauren Elizabeth Newcomer, graduating with Eagles Home Educators, and I will attend UNG this fall. My name is Lauren Oop. I'll be graduating from North Gwinnett High School and attending Georgia Gwinnett in the fall. Hi, my name is Isabella Pazzamino. I'm graduating from Forsyth Central High School. I'll be attending Georgia Southern University, and I'll be majoring in biology. Hi, my name is Parker Pierce. I'm graduating from North Gwinnett High School, and I will be going to the University of Georgia. My name is Ben Saxon. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I'm attending Oglethorpe in the fall to play baseball. My name is Madeline Sheves and I'm graduating from North Gwinnett High School and I will be attending Sanford University in the fall to study interior architecture and Spanish. I'm Beth Stiltner. I'm graduating from Lanier High School and I'm attending Georgia Southern University in the fall. Hi, my name is Madeline Taylor. I'm graduating from William and Reed Academy. I plan on attending Liberty University in the fall and majoring in communications. Hi, my name is Laura Van Sickle. I'm graduating from North Gwinnett High School. I plan on attending Georgia School of Massage to become a licensed massage therapist. Hi, I'm Philip Webb and I'm graduating from Lanier High School. I will be attending Louisiana State University and majoring in business and playing football this fall.